0: live from the momo pizzeria and ristorante studios at 44th and o morning radio for the entire capital city this is K today with jack and friends on the voice of lincoln 14993, K
1: L I all right greetings welcome in on a tuesday morning july 25th 2023 i am jack mitchell starting out your day at 74 degrees and uh We got a lot, we got a lot of new people around here right now today. We've got, uh, we've got, well, he's, I mean, Johnny Cadillac's been taking over that board so much. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of become another part of him. So he's here today for Caleb once again, as Caleb's still on vacation. Mark Vail is out today and tomorrow. So you heard Matt McMaster in for news with him and tim heruza once again this week as he did a couple of days last week is sitting in studio with me as well to contribute to the show today so good yeah morning, good morning tim. hey jack how thank are you thank you for uh coming in today thanks for having me back people keep people keep leaving. so um well i'm here so I'm for you I need, we need to continue this to bring more replacements in to be with us so i'm glad that you are glad that you're doing that plus you know the good news is Tim is that way you're inside and granted it's only you know it's only 75 degrees right now but we ju- I mean yesterday in in the long run it was it was humid uh, but it wasn't that bad compared to where we're going here for the next few days right now we got right now we're at dew point 070 right now with that uh, 74 degrees as it stands, we are on the way, according to the National Weather Service, today, today, to a heat index that is going to top out uh, around 103, 104. Uh, I don't know what it got to yesterday, but I do know
2: that I had about 45 minutes of time in the afternoon, the mid-afternoon, where right, that I carved out for my daily run and i think my weather app told me it feels like temperature of 99 degrees the wind was helpful there was a breeze but it yeah. it was it was it's was, it was, it was miserable yesterday
1: uh we're looking at dew point about 73 this afternoon air temp 95 heat index 103 pretty similar to what we're going to see tomorrow and then we ramp it up a little bit more on thursday where our temps go into the triple digits meaning our heat in indices Go up to uh, 106. That also will be the case on Friday as well. A little little bit of a breeze. My my weather app may be broken here. But I'm showing a Monday high
2: of 106.
1: Uh, yeah, well, for stra- is that? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's confirm. I gotta keep Let's... going forward on the national weather for. It. I my NWS uh, app only goes to uh, goes to early Monday morning at about like five a.m. So. I was
2: sure that thing was broken, but the, my Apple Weather is telling me 106 on Monday. Well,
1: Jack. this one that I've got says 98 on Monday, but Oof. who knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I do see eventually it's got us back into highs in the 80s on August 2nd and August 3rd. So, we're talking uh, we're talking a good week of this. Good mm-hmm. good week of this. But again, you know I said it yesterday, this is what you guys get on me for the, during the winter. So, I've learned my lesson for the summer. This is typical summer weather in Nebraska. You're going to get this at some point uh, every summer and we're getting it right now. So, I should expect it having lived here for the vast 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 majority of my life. July, uh, man. What do you expect? July. It's exactly right. It's it's July. What do you expect? Um, I, I'm just going to try and stay out of it as as much as I can, for the most part. By the way, I'm looking at the sky right now outside. We're kind of a. Uh, what kind of a uh, sort of like. Uh, doomsday sort of sky is that this morning. Look, do you see it? I cannot see it, it from where I am. I cannot see it from It is. It is orange, in. pink. Uh, it's called a, a sunrise, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful
2: thing. I don't know. But like I can't see the I
3: can't see to
1: the east, so I can't see the sun portion of it, but it is kind of just a it's like a hazy pink out there right now, which is a bit disturbing to me. A sunrise equals doomsday. I don't know. <laughs> uh, look out that window, Johnny, and you tell me that doesn't look a little different. Something it, it does. A something little bit. different weird is is going on out there. Nonetheless, uh yes, hot temperatures today. Hot temperatures basically uh pretty Triple digits, temperatures, and or heat indices really for the next week or so. Maybe a little early to say this now, but relief looks like maybe first coming Wednesday or Thursday of next week. And we'll see if that actually hangs tight and does it. So that's uh, that's what we got uh, on the show today. It's Tuesday. That means Joe Jordan's going to join us from news channel Nebraska at 710. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we will talk to John Baylor. Uh, he'll join us uh I don't know, Tim. Did you see any of the hubbub yesterday? Oh my uh, goodness! I just can with we, John Baylor the hubbub yesterday on Twitter over uh, breakfast and Nebraska volleyball and Nebraska football.
2: I saw this. I didn't see this difference tweet. I saw the screenshots of the now deleted yeah, tweet. Yeah, it got deleted then, pretty quickly. And and yeah, the comments went. Oh my! God. Why why? <laughs> I don't know. It'll be a better thing when Twitter finally implodes, right? Like, moved one step closer yesterday. X, I guess. Is it X? For those that who... Are we adopt yes. that moniker for, for official
1: purposes? For those who did not see it yesterday and were blissfully unaware... Oh, man. Um, don't
2: even... Let's not even talk about it. I, I, gotta I feel tell like it's best people, if
1: we don't... I feel like it's
2: best if fewer people know that this whole thing happened. Just
1: so... They, they, but somebody else, they're going to go to work and somebody else is going to mention it and they're, they want to be able to be in the conversation. No. So I just got a tweet by former Husker volleyball player Lauren Stivens, who apparently was, I guess, with the team. Although I don't even know if that's true. But she, she—it was tra- hard for me to track
2: down via. Like there were a lot of people saying she's not with the team. Maybe she so. she
1: wasn't. I know she, she's somewhere else. I know she's in town because she is doing uh, volleyball camps right now. Okay. Uh, in the coming days, she is at least. Uh, but she tweeted out a picture of some of the volleyball players standing around like a buffet table of breakfast food, but not eating, just like standing back from it and looking sad. And she said, uh, training table is closed and only football is allowed to eat breakfast here. Make it make sense. And then she says, hashtag title nine, hashtag women's rights. Hashtag losing record, oh yeah. boy! Yeah. And then tagged Husker Nutrition, John Cook, Trev Alberts, Husker Volleyball, Husker Football, and Huskers in general. Did not uh, did not tag Matt Rule, by the way. Um, there, I, I guess there was never any official word on this, but there were some reports. I'm, uh, Lauren Michelson, I believe, from Channel Eight, had said she had a uh, some a, a source teller from within the university that. Basically, what happens is the training table is closed. They do that at the beginning of the year to get it ready for the next year. So maintenance issues, I suppose, and those sorts of things. And so the teams who are still there and eating at that time will usually cater in food for, you know, they're doing summer workouts sure, for sure. fall sports. They're doing summer workouts, and football team did that. Apparently, the volleyball team was told that's for the football team. I guess I, this is, I mean most of this is speculation at this but we never really had any answer she deleted it she took it down but not before everyone reacted in every possible way to from from people from from Politicians or people in Nebraska politics getting involved in giving their two cents to every Twitter person with an opinion, either supporting or furious at her. There's for some, this, there's
2: some hot takes
1: in those comments. There's That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, I don't know if you want to scroll. It. Like, there's some no. There's some stuff that it. takes
2: uh, takes some hard turns that probably some, aren't. Uh, yeah, you don't want to go. Larry the Cable Guy got involved. Cable, cable he Guy's went, getting involved. He went on a response thread with like oh, mo- responding to I multiple
1: people. I like, did not. See that? Oh, thank goodness! Not, I did
2: not see that. Uh, not uh, probably not the way that you want to start off the
1: football oh. volleyball camp and summer
2: again, stuff. Like, oh
1: man! Ugh. And again, but I continue to ask. Like, she's not on the current team, right? No. She like she's a grad. And so, yeah, I, don't, clearly, I don't even know if she would be. Was she? I don't know. The if clear she was speculation. Out with them. The clear
2: speculation was that one of the team members or somebody who took the photo then shared it either in a group text or in some sort of way with her.
1: And maybe she felt like she, she could say something. And
2: was you know somebody was upset that they did not have access to the food and then took straight to Twitter with the hashtags. And like I said, the the response on that <laughs> some right. of the responses are
1: just. I, oh man, come on, people. Yeah, I, come on. I'm kind of get, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying there is no, no, uh, no sort of inequity at, col- in colleges between different sports. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. And what they're, yes. what they get and, and between, I'm sure that, that goes on gender lines at times too, as well. But it, I don't know if it sounds like that may not have been happening here. This may just have been a mis, miscommunication situation and, I, uh, yuck. And, and, and guess what, Tim? We got another culture war. We got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just what we needed. And pitting, pitting the fans of two of the beloved teams in the state against one another. And it's just, it was. Anyway,
2: I there's, hope- there are so many ways that that story went in a few hours with again, as you've already mentioned, zero context and without the appropriate Disclaimers or details, right? It, and 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 I don't. Here's the thing: I don't know. And to, to your point earlier, like I don't know if it's speculation or if it is confirmed that like the football team catered it in, so it's their food sort of a thing. And you there can't were just reports have every to team. That. It wasn't There's officially some reports confirmed. to that. Yeah. Then you're just like I like, oh man, and then you just you're left wondering. Well, <laughs> why was the volleyball team there without their own food? Right. Right. Uh, you just I. At the end of the day, there are a lot of lessons learned here, and let me just say that some of the fans' reactions <laughs> to all of this were not measured at all. I'm not sure that the entire response was not either, but no, this is one of those things that you really just you wish you could take that tweet back and have yes. have somebody reach out to some folks... Before they take air their grievances well, yeah, so it, publicly,
1: it really was nothing. Like I feel, I feel bad for these people who work in like nutrition. Like <laughs> right, it was like this insinuation that they were they, they were, did dated something wrong. Right, right. That they did yeah. something. I mean, like those are the people that I feel bad for out of this whole thing that were probably getting crushed on this.
2: What does seem? What does seem again? Uh, what seems pretty clear here is the football team organized food. The volleyball team did not. There's a week or two period here before they get ro- rocking and rolling, yep. where it is up to the individual teams and apparently their budgets uh, or something like that to to pay for the food. Uh, this yes. seems like this also seems like an extremely avoidable thing, Jack. Like, right. I mean, I hate to be that guy, but like, and I know food's not cheap, but it's like. That athletic department, this is just one of those things you avoid, right? We just don't let this happen.
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: In a lot of different ways. Right. Here we are. And I, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm not even going to say anything else. I have other things that I thought about saying, but I probably am not, but... Uh, boy, we need, uh, we need some games. We need some games.
2: Oh, well, yeah, cause that, <laughs> could, really that could make it a lot better. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't know about that. Uh, let's see. Other thing, uh, we'll get to this more a little bit in the, uh, in the sound off today. Um, there's a bit on this, but, uh, you know what happened a couple of months ago here? Everybody got the property tax valuation. Uh, pretty yeah. much everyone I talked to was yeah. mad. I found out that I'm living in a mansion, which is nice. It's nice Um, to hear.
2: I'm glad. I'm glad that you have upgraded your, I I found that out. (laughs) Your lifestyle Uh,
1: living situation, few extra square feet. Evidently, but so, but that obviously is a local. That's a county thing where that happens with the assessment numbers. But the governor is stepping in, but we're not totally sure how. He apparently announced in a release, well, he didn't apparently, he did announce in a release, a new group that's going to examine property valuations that includes state senators, the Farm Bureau, Pillen, and the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, um, which is v- very interesting. So uh, what they're going to do exactly, how they're going to do it, what power they'll have exactly, Tim, those are all questions that remain at this point because, again, it's the county, it's the county assessor, right, that is making that determination. Well, the yes, the county assessor's office.
2: Yes, the county assessor is making the determination. There are stat, there's a statutory set of factors and or like methods, I guess, that you use in coming to that determination. So, I mean. And this comes up in different contexts all the time, but the legislature has some control over if we're going to set a property, if we're going to tax things based on the value of property, how you determine what that value is matters, right? We do it. We have different different approaches to different types of property. Ag land, when we approach mm-hmm. it, is valued at a not one hundred percent of the actual value. Right, it gets a a little bit of a of a of, of market cut, I guess, for to help people offset property taxes. Some sort of working group, and I've got a list here that includes, you know, uh, Republicans, Democrats. Looks like three Republicans, two Democrats that are named in, um, state senators, Luann Linehan, Brad Von Gillern, and Joni Albright on the Republican side, Elliot Bostar, Mike McDonald, um, Bostar from Lincoln, McDonald from Omaha on the Democrat side. Oh, they picked McDonald, um, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Cham-
2: Bull chambers of commerce, NACO, so your county officials will be involved, a bunch of ag groups, the State Chamber of Commerce, Realtors Association. um what what this will ultimately do is it'll be a working group Not that much. they'll discuss options, ideas. Um, the governor will come forward with a plan. We saw this we saw this with school uh, school funding last year, and I don't know if you remember. Like Pillin was elected in November, they announced a working group during the transition period, and by December they had three- or four-bill package um, that sort of revamped school funding, pumped a billion dollars into a trust fund um, for education, the Education Future Fund, uh, restructured special ed spending. So it can be done if you can kind of come to consensus about the best way forward in terms of putting together policy. They have a longer runway this year than they did last year, but you're talking about trying to figure out how – I don't know how you. I don't know how you necessarily change valuations. Yeah. Here's my pro. I mean, uh, I don't know what we got on time. But when you're talking about real property, like my, your house, right? Mm-hmm. To your to your comment earlier, it's not a, it's not a mansion to you. Right. It's you bought that house on the budget that you had to put a roof over your head for right. a family. Just because somebody else would pay you more to live in it today does not mean you can sell it and buy a smaller. Less valuable home, and that's the real problem I have with applying property tax approaches to residential homes. We we have a whole different conversation about business, and then I know the you mean based on comparable values
1: and stuff, compared on what you could
3: get. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like I said, you bought your home however long ago you did, based on a monthly or a budget that you could afford with your Mm -hmm. income and your expenses at the time. Just because I might come in and spend triple to take that home from me, like, oh, I love your house so much, here's three times that money, does not mean that you should be forced to either pay to keep that up or sell it to me and
1: downsize. Also, we're in a seller's market in Lincoln. It's nonsensical. And we're in a seller's market in Lincoln, and so those numbers are high right now. And that's the thing. I checked my number, you know, went way up. I did the comp sales. It's pretty accurate i mean the the number that they the assessed to the real
2: question for me is like we ought to have we have a policy that should that should promote people staying like having a home and a, and a roof over their head for them and their families when you start doing when you start pricing people out of their residential homes which are, they're not drawing income off of they're not making money off of i got a real problem with the assumptions there in the whole system right when it works like maybe
1: this, airbnb so. it maybe uh you know put the kids <laughs> put the kids both <laughs> in one room that put the kids both in one room. Such a dang nice place. People are going to pay to vacation some, there. Some
2: bunk beds and yeah, there bed breakfast. Go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll grab a break. That's Tim Rose. I got to check sports coming up next. Show and K today with Jack and friends on K L I N. Wherever you go,
0: stay connected to the world around
4: you. I get all the breaking news notifications, sports, and traffic straight to my phone on the app. Fourteen hundred and ninety nine three K L I N.
5: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me
4: Terms apply.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off
1: on LNK Today. All right, it's 636. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 75 degrees in the capital city. 75 degrees. You're going to wish later on today you went outside right now when it was 75 degrees instead of 96 with a heat index of 103 yeah seventy five and uh dew point at seventy so it's still pretty humid out there, but better than it's gonna be a little bit later today actually a little bit of a chance now that i'm uh, looking at my hour by hour little slight chance of some rain uh, I'm gonna see make sure there's nothing on the radar right now I uh, don't think it's gonna be significant but uh there's a there's uh there is a system I think it is gonna stay north of us. Uh, but right now, that's affecting north-central Nebraska, and looks like it'll move east-southeast into Norfolk and Columbus, uh, maybe scrape Omaha a little bit, but I don't think that one's going get, to get anything for us here. Would be nice if we could at least keep some rain going here uh, as this uh, hot weather comes in, because my lawn went from potentially getting me kicked out of the neighborhood to... to uh, to solidly average over the course of the last month, month and a half. That quickly. Very, well, oh, I mean, you mean six weeks. Bad to great, right? Yeah, no, not bad mine, to great. Mine, mine went great, from bad I... to around acceptable.
2: Me, I don't know, I'm I'm further south of you, but not like a ton. And I have gone from. I mean, I need to. I should be mowing twice a week, and that's not happening. But oh uh, yeah, I've, I'm not running sprinklers, so it Me is neither. just we've just had steady, consistent rain. Me neither. And then even that little splash yesterday, but was before, enough to. But it was bad. It, was it when we left up. for
1: vacation uh, about June, middle of June, it was bad. Got back quite a bit better, and then oh, uh, I thought yeah. my
2: front yard was gonna die. I was like, oh no, it, I, was it, it's gonna, not gonna work. I was gonna I was gonna work. let
1: it go completely, uh, completely uh, whatever yellow native. Like, yeah, Eastern, like native, uh, that year Atlanta. that we had the water restrictions and remember summer oh you probably weren't here summer before 2012. Before I got, yeah. Yeah, I that just was mo- actually just moved away or I don't know. That was when was Beitler around. that was when Beitler did the the it wasn't even voluntary mandatory water restrictions and people worried that cops were going to show up on your door if they saw your sprinklers running. Oh, that was a fun time. Different <laughs> different world, different time. Uh all right, let's uh that that uh, that, that does remind me I want to mention uh request line Friday this week. And guys, let's do this right. Okay. Let's do this right. Given uh that on Friday we could have uh heat indices uh getting close to 110. Uh we're going with on request line Friday, we're doing songs that cool you off. What what does that mean? You know I don't totally know. I don't do- <laughs> I don't totally know. I'm leaving that up to you, but it's going to be audio air conditioning is what it is. I'll I know what it doesn't mean. Okay. It does not mean Christmas songs. Okay. So do not be sending uh, any Christmas. Songs. I mean,
2: I, I hear you trying to head it off, Jack, but it, you might, I don't know that you're going to, uh, I can head it or, off
1: by not playing anything well, I don't want to yeah, play. spend so. the whole morning singing not, playing Christmas songs. We're not, we're so not doing work. Christmas songs. So don't ruin this <laughs> well, thing. <laughs> By doing Christmas the songs. The first request we got was a Christmas song, but yeah. then he texted in again with a different song after good you job. put that caveat That's in. good. No. Just put,
2: baby, it's cold no. outside Somebody I'll already repeat. suggested that. There you Somebody, go. We're not it'll, doing, it'll, we're cool not doing that
1: all morning. <laughs> I don't know what what I mean exactly but this. I just know what I don't want. <laughs> well,
2: I know what I'm doing Friday, just repeatedly texting uh, the show. <laughs>
1: don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Uh, all right. Sound off time. What shall we start with here? Today, ah, yes, Fed starts meeting again today. Tim, remember last time the Fed met? Maybe you do. It was very exciting. They did not raise interest rates. Yeah. You might recall. I hope we're going down. Maybe it's maybe down. this whole inflation thing is completely over. Interest rates are going to stay the st- st- uh, same place for a while and then start going down. No, that's not true. None of that's happening. It's going back up again today. Oh!
4: The central bank kicks off its gathering with the Fed making an announcement on interest rates on Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time. After taking a breather in June, the central bank is all but assured to raise interest rates by another quarter percentage point, with Fed Chair Jerome Powell expected to leave the door open open to additional rate hikes later this year last month the fed held its benchmark federal funds rate steady in a range between five and five and a quarter percent its first pause after ten consecutive increases since march of 2022 when officials raised it from near zero hillary barsky fox news yeah, now
1: that now there's the problem tim if you uh, get your nice fat house valuation uh, on what you should be able to sell it for, and nobody can buy it because the interest rate on their loan is prohibitive for them to do that.
2: Right, you should totally put it on the market and downsize, Jack. That's what. That is exactly. That is how the yeah, property tax is supposed to work. If you can't afford it, you just
1: sell your house and move to something smaller. I'm, uh, I'm do getting, it. Well, I am one of the one of the kids is leaving my house three weeks from yesterday. There you go. There we're, you go. We're going. We're downsizing the family by one. Get yourself Here. a love seat instead of a full-size couch, baby. I have a bedroom One we less we won't, won't be using regularly. Um, so maybe it's time. Yeah, maybe I, it's time to do something like that. I don't interest know. Interest rates continuing to go up. Yeah. Do not make for fun stuff. The, the good news is I've taken uh, taken all of my retirement, all of my life savings out, and just put it in a savings account. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until that rate of return gets to like 30% on that thing, which it's on track to do Short-term so
2: CDs, baby. <laughs> I, <can't>. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Don't you
1: remember I, that? I remember that when I was a, you know, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you're a kid. You're like, yeah, this checking account. You first get a checking account, and you're like, this actually earns interest, so it'll increase you. Uh, like, oh, like, a It's ing- incredible. And then you do your taxes for the first time, and you get the interest sheet, and you're like, well. well
2: I made, made 34 cents <laughs> last year. You made
1: 34. Four cents in interest. Cents. Oh, and also you have round to it down to zero. Also, you have to pay taxes on it as well. <laughs> so that, uh, alright, what else do we have going on? Hey, Tim, don't look now. We are less than a month, less than a month, I believe, away from the first GOP presidential debate. It is not going to be long. We're going to get them up there on the state. Yeah, August 23rd. August 23rd. We are less than a month away. Now, the issue is, well, two issues. Number one is Trump going to do it, and will anybody care if Trump doesn't do it? I mean, I'm sure, some people will, but but uh, when you will, say
2: care, will they watch? Will is they this watch? prime time viewing if Trump's right. not on stage? Number yes. one,
1: and then number two, who else gets in? Because now you've got to qualify for these things by donors and by poll numbers. Let's hear a little bit more about that. And it all boils down to two things. You've got
2: polling and fundraising. You have to reach at least 1% or higher in at least two qualifying national or state polls. And then you have to have at least 40,000 unique donors. And so far, these six people have met those required thresholds. Former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Ambassador and Governor Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, Senator Tim Scott, and former Governor Chris Christie. But the question right now is, will former president actually show up on the debate stage? Chris, the Fox Business poll shows Trump with a huge lead in Iowa, thirty points ahead of a second-place Ron DeSantis.
1: All right, so there you go. Uh, so you've got so the poll again. I, I know I'm repeating a little bit, but uh, Trump, DeSantis, Pence, Haley, Scott, Christie have all got the polls that they need. Uh, the fundraising. Uh, Trump DeSantis, Scott Haley, Christie, uh Ramaswamy, and uh, Doug Burgum, former North Dakota governor. Doug, he did it. His so, gift cards got him over the finish line. <laughs> did you get one? Yeah, no, I, I never no, went I'm back. Ah, doing that. I never I went feel back. Dirty doing that. I don't want the text messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, the text messages you can block? Either what was it? One, was it? One dollar. One dollar for twenty dollars Visa card. Yeah, one
2: dollar twenty dollars. That legal? That can't be legal. It's Not illegal. That can't, not yet. That can't. He uh, is giving. He is gift carding his way. We're talking about. Inflation and federal interest rates and how to invest, and here we are sleeping so, on
1: presidential campaigns. So Bergam's gotta get the polling and and Pence Pence doesn't have enough fundraising to yeah. get in.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's got the polls. He has the support of at, at least some people. Uh, he yeah. have the money.
1: Uh and no uh I don't see Asa Hutchinson on either of those lists or who are the other guys? Will Hurd uh but larry elder i don't see on either of those lists
2: all household names trying in every to, American to figure uh, out yeah so if you're not on that
1: stage i don't know you're probably i mean it's gonna whether trump goes or not but it's gonna be some combo i mean it's gonna be Desantis, scott haley christy ramaswamy for for sure it'll be that group of one two three four uh, uh, five, Suarez five. also needs the pulls. Has the Suarez has the do- He also did a drawing for tickets yeah. to an MLS game. Yeah,
2: the Major League Soccer tickets with just did, did a drawing
1: for tickets. I bet. I Ticket bet. I bet you- like I had to give twenty bucks to everybody. <laughs> you just did a lottery for MLS tickets, and yeah, I get you got messy there now, but still.
2: So uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Hutchison um, needs one national poll in order for him to qualify. Bergram needs two national polls. He has the state poll. Uh, Will Hurd and Mayor Francis Suarez need one state and two national polls to qualify. So okay. a little work,
1: little work left over there. I can't believe Pence isn't there yet. <laughs> He's got the polling. He doesn't. Why does, 40, it, 40, does he 000? not have gift cards? He's not. He probably won't do anything like that. I mean, maybe he may, won't yeah, do any of those he may deals. be
2: like, I'm not going to do the kitschy.
1: I'm not going to do that I'm thing. Not going to do the thing that that's... the
2: billionaire governor from North Dakota did.
1: All right. Well, that'll be fun when that gets going. I mean, I, I use the word fun very loosely, but uh, it'll be. It'll be something when that happens. Hey, should Election Day be a holiday? They're going to be discussing that in Washington, D.C. in the coming days. A new bill that supposedly has some support in the U.S. Senate.
0: Maine's independent Senator Angus King reintroducing his bill in the Senate to encourage higher voter turnout. By making Election Day a national holiday. But it would also require states to use online voter registration as late as Election Day, which critics say would invite voter fraud. The bill would also make it harder for candidates to coordinate with political action committees, tighten restrictions against foreign political donations, and mandate that voting machines used in federal elections be made in the U.S. Senator King claims to have the support of 40 other senators for the
1: bill. Jack Callahan fox news all right um i don't think i would i don't think i would get the day off i don't think it'd be a holiday for me but you got uh, some important this is, coverage this is talked about this um is, uh, very often we've had about. we've had this
2: discussion in nebraska before i was just i was trying to recall i think it's 2021 um would have would have created election day as a state holiday under the state of nebraska um we ended up doing Juneteenth, but Senator Wayne introduced a bill that would have done a, a similar thing for Election Day. So the two bills that one created Juneteenth, and then the Election Day holiday. Uh, we got Juneteenth got done.
6: So yes,
1: yeah, and 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 it sounds like the other stuff in here too is going to be you know the automatic online voter registration system, same day voter registration. There's all kinds of arguments about that stuff, as you very well know right now. Now, I, I could make the case that you need a holiday, but maybe not necessarily for the same reasons that Angus King is saying. This is uh, the day before the election day. Is it the day? I mean, half the people are getting depressed on the next day anyway. So why not have kind of a jubilee of excitement uh, when you're still not depressed because of the results? Because you, half of you, at least, are going to be the next day. So let's all celebrate. This is what we got. Uh, we haven't seen the results yet, thank goodness. We might as well party anyway right now. But we'll see. We will see. Um that would also be weird because elections are on Tuesdays and is there there's no holiday that we have in the calendar that falls regularly on a Tuesday. Not a believe. Tuesday. So, some Fridays, some Mondays, Thursday, some Thursday. Friday. One Thursday. Yeah. But nothing that we've got on a Tuesday whatsoever, which would be, you know, kinda weird going to work for one day. Uh, all right. Hey, good news. If the IRS is after you, uh, for not paying your taxes. Well, I mean, you're probably still in a pretty bad situation generally, but <laughs> one good one good piece of news for you is that they're not just going to come up to your door or a workplace now to try and get you to pay those taxes. So congrats. The IRS says it's ending the practice of sending thousands of agents
0: unannounced to knock on Americans' doors, said both homes and businesses, looking to collect unpaid taxes. IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel citing increased security concerns in recent years by taxpayers and IRS employees, as well as confusion and scams that have caused the agency to lean more on sending letters and continued communication to deal with unpaid taxes. Though despite the change, the IRS says its criminal investigation operation will continue unannounced visits by armed IRS agents in special cases. Jeff Manasso,
5: Fox News. right.
2: Yeah, this... uh, this... (laughs) I mean, the comment there about increased security concerns and safety concerns has got to be like, hey, who's this person at my doorstep? Right. Right. And some of those things. But there's also, Jack, we've had a lot of talk over the last couple of years about increasing irs agents and them showing up armed at your door and all that stuff right maybe maybe there's i mean it's probably a, ultimately a response to like
1: let's just uh, Listen,
2: de-escalate this entire conversation about irs agents i'm
1: i'm good now because i finally decided to pay someone to do my taxes instead of doing my own for the first time in years and years and years uh because I was always paranoid, I was making some kind of mistake, and the you know they're going to show up with dudes in sunglasses with an IRS badge. How? Fu- but, but by the way, IRS has armed officer. That is, I've never heard anyone say. I you know when I want to grow up, I want to be an officer for the IRS. <laughs> Right, I want to. I want to be a cop. I want to be maybe in the military, that sort of thing. I want to be in the FBI. You'll hear all that. I have never heard a kid say, "I want to enforce the tax laws with force." That's what I. <laughs> Some, that's what I dream of. It's doing. not a
2: fun job, Jack. But somebody's got to do it. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a whole lot of sheriffs of Nottingham? Do you have to have like? Uh, do you
1: have to have like an accounting slash criminal justice double major to do that?
2: I suspect that you become an accountant first, and then you are like, well.
1: I am, hey, I I'm kicked. Officer Smith, and
2: I. <laughs> I if there's like, I, they have to go through like physical fit. You probably have to go through similar law enforcement training. They don't just give you. A
6: oh, it looks dash. like you
1: don't know how to use a cruel method of counting. Well, get on the floor,
2: <laughs> Mister. Oh man. Ah.
1: Uh, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're changing Twitter to X. Uh. Mm. And I'm trying to change I've Twitter. Always said, I, I've always said. I've always
2: said. What a weird thing. There's two yeah.
1: things I need from Twitter. I need Twitter to do two things. Number one. Uh, an edit button so when I make mistakes I can fix it and number two to be able to do my day-to-day banking on the site and it sounds like they're finally at least getting to number two.
4: He has been telegraphing that he wants to create the Everything app. Twitter needs help. Ad revenue is down 50%. The letter X it's been on just about everything Musk has touched for the last couple of decades. X.com was actually the original name for PayPal back in 99. His new AI venture is X.AI so it has us all wondering what can we expect from this X. New CEO Linda Yaccarino shared this. It's an exceptionally rare thing in life or in business that you get a second chance to make another big impression. Twitter made one massive impression and changed the way we communicate. Now X will go further, transforming the global town square. She also highlighted that X will center on audio, video, messaging, as well as payments in an AI-powered marketplace.
1: I don't quite know what she means by all these things that she's saying that is I don't think that, that she
2: knows what she means like this is like cl- the- it's clearly it is clearly without question an obvious attempt to try to hype this thing and make it into something more I mean the the entire the entire saga that is Twitter and the transition here to Elon Musk's ownership is one moment after another to try to make something out of Out of, I mean, he's just, it's just messing it up, man. It's got to be some sort of effort to just make people think it's going to be a bigger deal.
1: Here's what she tweeted Linda Yacarina tweeted X is the future state of unlimited interactivity centered in audio, video messaging, payments, and banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities. Powered by AI, X will connect us all in ways we're just beginning to imagine. Any
2: idea what that means? Give me every single tech buzzword that you've heard <laughs> that, over the last fifteen a, years and put it in a sentence. That is Jack. a
1: word salad, that right is, there. What the crap is the
2: app gonna do? That's probably a Chad GPT generated announcement. I don't know. I like, just want to know. Give me is, some tech announcement. And will I still be able to use the Twitter? Characters. Will I
1: still be able to use the Twitter part of it? Is is that the other thing?
2: You mean the X part of it?
1: Nobody. <laughs> I By don't know.
2: Way, I really don't know. I do not know. Like, I have no idea no, why they cannot just
1: not do this, uh, not ruin this thing. Uh let's end on <laughs> this one. This one could be pretty significant here. UPS workers considering striking uh, about a week away from this potentially happening. What could this mean exactly?
5: How big a deal is this to the country? Well, I just want to give you a couple of numbers that I think drives it home. Remember the last strike, 1997, for UPS? I covered that one. It was a couple of weeks long. Back then, we shipped about, not just UPS, but all of us, shipped about 16 million packages a day. This year, (laughs) we're shipping 75 million (laughs) packages a day. It is a much bigger deal to the economy. Uh, And I'll tell you... Uh, these guys feel like they've got ups over a barrel uh, they work through the pandemic they you know they say they're underpaid they don't have air conditioning in their trucks
1: uh, all right
2: now um now, i don't know anything about this but sitting in a hot i've seen some of this like on on the twitter that we're talking about like a picture of a thermometer in one of them trucks i guess i it never occurred to me and maybe i should have thought about it no air
1: conditioning at Why all. Why don't they have air conditioning in those trucks? I don't know.
2: I thought because that door is
1: always open and you just be
2: like in and out sort of a thing and you're also like when you're running AC it's probably a gas thing, right? Like plus something else to break on a truck when you got hundreds of thousands of these things across the country. It's probably all costs and stuff from the company standpoint. But like I saw a thermometer with the back of the truck where the packages are. 130, 140 degrees back there, man.
1: You got till August 1st to get it done. You imagine
2: delivering packages in Phoenix, Arizona the last few weeks? 110 yeah. degrees every day? Woof. Yeah.
1: Well, they're saying it would be bad like a $7 billion impact went on for 10 days, but still not as bad as that rail strike that almost happened. So I guess you can take some solace in that. Uh, all right, it's 6:56. That is it for the sound off. We are out of time right now. 75 degrees in the capital city on KLIN, hear the Huskers home
0: and away. Got it! Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. i just Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIS.
1: All right, 74 degrees in the capital city. Jack Mitchell along with Tim Ruza, Johnny Cadillac. we got Mac- Matt McMaster in for Mark Vale. Johnny Cadillac in for Caleb. Uh, Chris Lofkin's going to be in on his own for time. saver traffic. Coming up during the 7 o'clock hour, talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel in Nebraska about what is going on in Nebraska news and politics. Tim and I are going to count them down with the five things you are talking about today, a little bit later in the show, John Baylor is going to join us. I don't know what he's going to have to say about breakfast gate, but he will join us at 835 as well. So that's what we've got going on this morning. 74 degrees right now on our way to a high of 97 with a heat indices around 103 in the middle of this afternoon. So stay cool. It is 7 o'clock on ninety-nine three KLIN Lincoln.
4: save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K. Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: 709, welcome back to the show on your Tuesday morning. July twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. Tuesday's means it's time to talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, uh, about what's going on around the uh, around the state. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. Staying warm. Good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You got, you, uh, well, hopefully you'll be able to continue that. We're, we're, uh, we're now looking every time I forecast updates. It's looking, uh, it's looking like Thursday, Friday are, uh, really going to be getting up there. Triple digits in the temperature and, uh, maybe, uh, 100 teens in the heat index. So we've got mm. plenty of that, plenty where that, uh, where that came from. Uh, all right. Let's jump into some of the things that are happening in the news right now uh we we're still kind of waiting. There was always this sort of uh, conversation in the background during this legislative session on some of these these biggest, most controversial issues, primarily uh abortion and uh the the transgender um, the transgender for minors bills that ended up getting through that hey there's going to be a court challenge on these other states these haven 't worked and this is going to be coming. Uh, there was the debate about obviously the the two subject the single subject rule, and whether or not this fit under it and um since the session we have now got into the litigation. It has gone to a courtroom here in lancaster county uh, we don 't we don 't know a ton right now, Joe, just because we 're waiting for a ruling from the judge, but do you get any sense in in terms of how? hopeful or what the expectations are for opponents and proponents of these bills and what at least is kind of on the table, what's possible to happen here with these judicial proceedings?
5: Well, the one thing that we do know is the judge was asked to issue an injunction which would have uh, put the, put that legislation in effect on hold, uh, which then would have allowed uh, abortions in Nebraska uh, after 20 weeks and not after 12. The judge didn't do that. Part of her decision on when she said she was going to issue a written ruling, um, she didn't agree with at this point, obviously, with an injunction. So we do know that she didn't see an immediate need to stop the legislation, stop the law. That's really about all we know. I mean, you know, her reasoning behind that is, is her reasoning behind that. And it wasn't disclosed. All she like I said, all she's mentioned at the end of the hearing was she would issue a written order. She didn't say when. Um, but that's what she said. So that's those, you know, those are the facts that we have before us right now. Um, you know, I, uh, it was a zoom, one of those zoom court hearings. Um, I, uh, watched and listened. Uh, the judge never asked any, uh, really probing questions of either side. She let both sides make their cases. Uh, so there was, you couldn't, Glean anything from any comments that she made during the hearing because she really didn't make any uh, on the substance of the of the law. Uh, so, I guess to answer your question, <laughs> no, we really don't have an indication of where this thing goes, yeah. other than the fact that she didn't issue uh, the any decision for an injunction stopping the legislation right now.
1: Now is uh, when is it your understanding that when she said she's going to issue her, her ruling meaning her ruling on the full disposition of the case at that point in writing on that or on some of these preliminary matters like like an inj- injunction and then the case will continue to go on after that
5: not clear okay uh, uh, you know you can surmise one way or the other you 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 could as you said it could just be on the injunction uh, and then and then the case plays out. Or she could, you know, decide uh, one side or the other uh, in, a, in a final in a final order. I think what we do know, uh, I'm pretty sure we know this. Regardless of which side wins or loses, there's going to be an appeal, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the question is, will it go to the court of appeals or will it go right to the Nebraska Supreme Court? Given the fact that this legislation hasn't been uh, uh, fought at those two levels before, my guess is. That one side or the other, possibly both, <clears throat> will ask uh, will ask that it go right to the Supreme Court. Uh, now, having said that, if there is no injunction and it goes to the Supreme Court, <sighs> you're looking at I don't want I'm not sure a year mm. uh, before it would be decided, but maybe. Uh, now, it's possible that the, the the Supreme Court could realize the. Uh, the need for a sooner than later decision, and they could, you know, expedite it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, when we get when we get into that level of the of the court system, it really becomes a question of who knows.
1: It strikes me that if it does, and it likely will, get up to the state's highest court, and they issue a, a you know a written opinion on this. That's going to be pretty significant because there you know there obviously is are some different perspectives on exactly what the single subject rule means, especially when it is dealing with bills that have been passed through the legislature so whatever you know regardless of what happens specifically with these two bills, whatever language that is put into that is going to be uh, uh you know. I don't want to say weaponized but legislators are going to be looking at that very closely in determining how they're going to write bills going forward I would expect.
5: Yeah there's there's no doubt that 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 single subject rule uh hangs in the balance of this of this court hearing. Uh what was what was interesting to me was as you listen to both sides argue it um you could I think as a as a, as a sort of an independent arbiter uh, I could see Both sides' arguments. I mean, it was one side would argue it, and I'd say, "Yeah, that makes sense." And then the other side made their argument. I go, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." So I I mean, it's it's one of those. I think it's one of those close calls uh, in terms of the legislation. And um, uh, you know, but to your initial point, yes. uh, Depending on how this plays out in the end, the single subject rule of the of the Constitution is uh, is kind of hanging in the balance here, and will affect. Uh, legislation going forward, um, you know, I mean, the, the the proponents of the legislation and the law m- are making the case that, that the single subject rule, in effect, would then eliminate all those Christmas tree bills, where a bill has a variety of things right. stuck on it. Now, the question, of course, becomes, how do they relate to each other uh, in that legislation? Uh, so, you know, but again, as as I listen to the as I listen to the two sides make their cases, it was. To me, it's a, it's a to me it's a close call. Which way this thing goes?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I mean, it's almost like you know. I've read enough case law that to know that a lot of times what appeals courts do is that there's this question where there's no real clear answer on how to apply the law to the facts. Is they'll come up with a judicial test essentially, and, you know, and and say, hey, here's how we're going to figure this out going forward. It'll be it'll be interesting if it's if it's something like that because. I mean you could it it doesn't take much imagination, Joe, to continue to come up with like pairs of subjects that you could have in a bill, even on just this healthcare issue on a on yeah. a healthcare situation that would be close calls. Like you could do this that there there's gotta be there's gotta be some clarity with the rule, uh, if you're gonna do this. And and maybe the appeals court or the Supreme Court, I should say, will finally give mm-hmm. us that. Yeah. Um other thing I wanted to ask you about here this morning um, so a press release yesterday from the governor's office and uh evidently there he is going to be putting together uh what it, what is essentially a panel of people that are going to be talking about property tax valuations and exactly what can be done examining those. It, it is made up of pillin, several states, senators. Um, we had the names before. I don't have them right in front of me right now. Nebraska Farm Bureau, uh, Chambers of Commerce, uh, those those sorts of things. I, I don't know what the situation is like, Joe, and maybe you can speak to it a little bit in, in Omaha, but I know every time Lancaster County evaluations have come out, over the last several years, you have a lot of people who are upset. You got a lot of people who are who are challenging it, um, and I think I, I, I think a lot of people who just say, "Hey, look, you know, just because I can I can get X number of dollars if I sold this doesn't mean I'm going to sell it, and and therefore this might not be a fair system overall." I guess my question from you is, how much change do you think is really possible when you hear a group like this is getting together and kind of comparing notes and working on this?
5: Well, a Douglas County is is no different than, than Lancaster County when it comes to this. There were probably, I think it was estimated, there were 2,000 uh, property owners, uh, residential property owners, that uh, thought that their valuations were increasing too high. Um, there were there were reports of of, of of an average of you know some going up 20% uh, in, in many cases. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 there's no doubt it's a hot button issue. Now, in terms of uh, the governor's uh, group of individuals, I actually I'm looking at the names here. So you've got State okay. Senator Lou Ann Joni Albrecht, Elliot Bostar, Mike McDonald, Brad Van Gillern. Then you've got the League of Municipalities, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, Omaha Chamber, State Chamber, Nebraska Cattlemen, Farm Bureau. So on the just on those names and those organizations. There's no "quote unquote" liberal representative, so to speak. These are pretty moderate to conservative groups and individuals that the governor has put together for this uh, for this working group, uh, AKA task force. And what's going to be interesting to me is in this discussion because the Douglas County Board actually debated this about about four or five weeks ago. And in their discussion, one of the things that was tossed out was instead of instead of property being valued. Uh, residential is ninety-two to one hundred, and I think, unless I'm mistaken, I think ag is seventy to eighty. But uh, but I know that residential is ninety-two to one hundred. Instead of that being the goal of the assessors' offices around the state, that maybe the state should have like a blanket uh, percentage increase every year that would tie to inflation. Mm. Mm. Uh, now, the I think the downside of that, which was debated by the board, was that. Those individuals whose whose property right now are out of whack, one side or the other, they would stay out of whack, one side or the other. They, in effect, you'd never "quote unquote" yeah. catch up. Yeah. They just they just go up, or you know, with the inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in politics, <laughs> if the goal is to appease the majority, there would probably be that would probably be a subject matter of discussion of tying it to the inflation rate as opposed to this 92 to hundred percent of property, uh, the property value. Because as we all know, anybody who owns property knows that if you go around your neighborhood, somebody's house is, you know, the, the comparables, somebody's house is, is, you know, is far more than yours or far less than yours. And, and you, and you try to find those, but if you're making an appeal, you try to find those properties in your, in your neighborhood and make the case. And then somebody, for whatever reason, somebody sells their house in the neighborhood and they get more or less than they thought they were going to get. And that, that affects, you know, the comparables. And of and then the bottom line is, has anybody ever seen the assessor come to your house and walk inside and look around? Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. happen. So, um, it's, it's, it, it's an issue that's ripe for reform. There's no doubt about that. The question is, where does the reform go? And I think it'll be interesting to watch that play out.
1: Yeah. Well, and then another another interesting question is if you would do something with a regular increase for inflation, which you know, which kind of sounds good. I think probably to some people, but you you know some of the things is when you do when you add value like we added a deck onto our house and i think that in i think that inc- that obviously impacted our last valuation and those sorts of things is how do you account for improvements in the property then if you're doing right. that or is that st- are there still standard rates that go along with that that'd be one of the questions that i've got with this too um you know i'd be fine if they ignored those but i don't think they would I don't think they would, and and then I guess the other question that I've got for you, Joe, is so many of the discussions, um, it feels like at the legislative level on this issue, have focused on ag land as opposed to uh, residential. Properties, mm-hmm. but it sounds like this is the idea here, just given the people who are at the table on this uh is going to deal with both of both of those issues on this
5: yeah it's uh it's it's residential business and and, and ag as well as what uh, the governor's office is telling us uh so you know it'll be as i said i think it's going to be pretty actually fascinating to watch this group play out and how they try to uh, find some common ground to make uh to make the the uh the, the public happy because it's uh it, we i mean we all know that nobody in the state thinks that the property tax system in the state is fair equitable right. <laughs> that's that may be the one issue that all sides agree
1: on <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true yeah that's true, but you may you make a really good point to, i mean boy, this is a huge job because as you talked about earlier like if you not only do you have to have a uh if you're changing this to try and find a "Quote unquote more fair system going forward." The damage has already been done with a lot of these properties, and so what do you do to current valuations? Like, do you change cur- current valuations? And and, you, and and then I guess the other question is just you know where is the power here with the counties versus the state, and can the state kind of unilaterally do these things uh, to change the practices of the counties?
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the state. Uh, statutes would would take precedence. Yeah. Uh, and I'm because I'm pretty sure what the counties do is based on what the state I allows them so. to do. Yeah. So I think that's where we where we are on that. What you know in in terms of putting this thing together when you look at the the list is I I've read some of the names and some of the organizations uh it, you know it will be fascinating to watch this thing play out because it's the old joke about uh, uh, uh what's a what what is a camel that was a horse built by a committee and uh you know uh, this is a pretty wide ranging group of people and individuals uh an organization so um it'll be curious to watch this thing uh percolate and and and, and take some take some substance going forward
1: yeah, well, it's always, you know, here in Lancaster County, it was interesting, Joe. I don't they uh there was somebody who was so frustrated with their valuation and the process that goes into protesting and you've had people who have had success with protests here, but so frustrated with just the kind of the work that you've got to do to put together a case for a protest that they built a website for the public to use mm-hmm. um and it it just it basically allows you to to plug in your address, uh, your your official site, Citus or or whatever it is, and it gives you all the comp sales. You can put all these parameters in, and it'll give you comp sales. So now this is one of the most popular websites in the county. <laughs> Everybody's going there to to see yeah. if they if they got a bad valuation on their thing. That's I mean that's just how in demand this kind of information is to pro- try and protest here. So.
5: Yeah, I mean it's you know uh, it's to the point where I think. People almost begin to expect that that their valuation is going to be out of whack and they're waiting to see if if it is or if it isn't Uh, and then you know and then you know neighbor talking to neighbor uh, this as I said it's the one issue where everybody seems to agree no matter what side Mm -hmm. of the political spectrum you're on that the valuation is system in Nebraska is a problem and has to be fixed if for no other reason uh, if for no other reason than they have to, to be in line with nearby States, which to be honest with you, I don't hear, I seldom see stories or hear reports of these, of others neighboring States having the same property valuation issue. Now, maybe they do, but I, I've not seen them to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, John, I got to run, but it, it you know, it's, it's like, I see the value of what the the, the comps to my home and it's, it's like wow, I'd, I'd be making a good profit on that, but I don't plan to move, right? Like I don't right. want, I don't want to sell my house. I wonder if you could somehow tack it on to the say that it accrues when you actually make the sale, then or something like that. I don't, I don't know, um, but it'll be interesting to see what this group comes up with. Hey, appreciate your time, Joe. We will uh, chat again next week and uh, stay cool over there. All right. Thanks, Jack. Take care. There you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. It's 727. i got sports coming up next on KLIN.
0: Living in Nebraska means severe weather is
3: always in season. Your Severe Weather Action Team is based on 1,499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.
4: It's time
0: to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN.
1: All right, Jack Mitchell in today with Tim Maruza, and uh, we've got Johnny Cadillac in for Caleb Henry. We have got Matt McMaster in for Mark Vail, uh, but we're holding it down here, and we are ready. I get to play all the roles here today. We are ready for the morning drive, so let's start it today with... Number five. As you just heard, Joe Jordan and I discussed, the the governor put out a press release yesterday that he is hoping to find a solution to increasing property values in the state. Yeah, we all got those property valuations if you own a home, uh, what, a month, couple of months ago, and if you're like me, it was a pretty big increase, and there's been lots of discussion over the years, about just the system that is used for this. So, he's putting some state senators on this panel. He's putting some representatives from Chambers of Commerce, Farm Bureau, uh, other stakeholders in this whole thing. Tim, what are the chances that you come away from a real proposal for systemic change when it comes to property tax valuation out of this thing?
5: Well,
2: I think a couple of things, Jack. I mean, historically, over the last several years, the discussion, I was actually just having a conversation before this announcement was made, either yesterday or the or the day before. Um, there has been discussion about what to do with the valuations issue, right? And it... It almost always invariably comes in the context of ag land values, right? So you get the farmers groups, you get the state senators from rural areas who are saying, look, the land, the land across the road from me is selling at four times what it actually would be bought by in an open market, but Ground is a little bit different. It's got to be geographically located close to buyers if you're actually going to farm it and all that stuff. And there's been a push to move the ag side stuff to more of an income or economic driving based valuation. Because you make money. You should be valued based on what I can make money off of that ground. It's all kind of coming to a head now as valuations in Lincoln have grown. I don't know, since I've lived in my house over the last four years, I bet we're paying, I don't know, hundreds of dollars a month more in property tax increases. It's year over year. We're getting double digit growth. 23% average in Lancaster County this year that people are getting. like That is untenable at some point. And unlike a farmer, you're not making more money off the land. Exactly. And this is what you and I talked about before. We've been talking about during the breaks. My home, I purchase my house based on what I can afford at the time I purchase it. With a plan to live there for 30 years, I'm borrowing money from a bank with a plan to pay it off at some point in time for 30 years. Most people don't live in their home that long. A lot of people do. It just kind of depends. But I'm making a budget and a decision about my lifestyle and my family and our growth based on what I make at the time. There's an assumption built into property tax and the system itself that if my home is worth more... I can pay more, right? Or my income is is reflective of the value of the, the home I own. I don't know that that's true in 2023 about a place where you live, right? Where you, I bought a house that has enough space for me and my kids and my family. I don't tend to move for a long time. I can't just downsize right. because somebody will pay more for it now than what I was able to pay for it when I bought it. And I think that there's a conversation that has to be had about that in a similar fashion to what we've had about ag stuff. There's a whole bunch of I mean, the constitutional structure on valuations and treating property similarly is all, this, yeah. there's some things that need to be unwound before You're you right. can it really is figure a, it out. It is but it this is a totally to
1: different deal with ag land or commercial property, I guess, because as that value goes up, your chance to have income goes up with it, right? Presumably. Pres- like, I mean, there's, it may there's not. still ceilings on types there, of it businesses. May and, it may not, but presume. It, that's that's at least a possibility that does not it doesn't mean you're getting paid more at your job your primary source of income if your house value goes up you won't realize that until whenever it is down the road yeah. that you sell your house assuming the market's still the same as it was right when the when the valuations change
2: and make no mistake like a, a business owner has the same issue with like the rising valuation that goes up and my ability to make a profit on the business i own but at some point that's at least an asset that is that is is held in the business with like, hey, if it's worth so much, maybe I ought to liquidate it and roll that into a business change or something like that, right? Capitalism right. has to has to some at some point kind of right. um, grow or change or whatever. It's a little bit different when you're talking about putting a roof over your head and like staying home, and especially when you talk about seniors, fixed income, even like like folks who buy a you know lower income folks who buy a home to get out of the cost of the of rental. Um, costs right to get make it find a cheaper way to get something more stable mm-hmm. if that valuation increases so fast as it has, you get yourself into some some huge problems in terms of that monthly income yeah. Th- there 's something that has to happen here M- hopefully they come up with some sort of an idea or some sort of an Joe approach. talked
1: about just starting at the beginning and then having in an, a regular inflation increase that 's standard every year, but the problem is what about the people who are already you know Paying what they are paying now without a house Like me for 15 years You got. You have to look, I mean there's some value in
2: considering That like California did this with a Constitutional amendment years ago and froze Increases at the time of purchase and then it Has a huge jump when it sells and That's problematic for a property tax system Too, you also have to look back at it From the other side, which is why we have it in the first place So that you can Have a, sis, a Consistent and stable tax Base for the the government entities that live off that your schools right mm-hmm. you don't want all of a sudden you don't want big swings in that tax valuation or those changes uh with with and real estate's a pretty stable asset sales taxes go up and down with the economy they fly up and down as we've seen like with state budgets right mm-hmm. being state income tax base and so property taxes are pretty stable like they'll they'll go down and up but i mean double digit Twenty-three percent, a quarter of the valuation increase on average in Lincoln is just wild, and it's unsustainable. Something has to change. Something yeah. has to give. AG's been yelling about it for fifteen years. We're finally getting residential folks and commercial folks in in the game. It, it may take constitutional amendments. It may take statutory structure changes. It, It's going to take some work.
1: The idea is this committee comes up with an idea, I mean, if all goes according to plan, and then that gets forwarded to the legislature, right? Right. The legislature looks at it, hopefully, next year.
2: And says, hey, there's some consensus around this, let's let's do it. I mean, here's the deal, too. No matter what, you're going to have to find a way to hold the counties who are property taxed, the cities, the... The resource districts, the school districts—we have a ton of entities in uh, in Nebraska government that are generally funded and providing services to people using a, some sort of property tax base. Yeah,
1: I saw that there weren't any of those uh, on the NACOs on the board. involved. Okay,
2: county officials, right? That's a pretty okay. large group. Were, right. I don't know. I
1: didn't see any schools.
2: I don't think I saw mm. schools. No.
1: Number four. Oh yeah, I have to do this now. Sorry, I was just being quiet <laughs> and waiting for Mark <laughs> or Caleb. To read some. Oh yeah, this was this was uh interesting news. Uh, so Redway, this is the new this is the new air airline going out of Lincoln. That's got some pretty impressive prices here. They are adding some more destinations uh, for winter. The carrier is going to say they are at or is going to say they did say they are adding winter flights in a winter schedule that will now also include. Phoenix and Tampa all right so we got more destinations um these apparently uh, these are places that had been asked for I agree I I said one of the one of the big the big things I would use this type of a, a a service for a flight for that's affordable is when it's January and February and I'm dying to get out of the winter which I usually am to 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 you know even if it's short. To plan to get away somewhere warm And just get out of it for a sanity check And being able to do it somewhat affordably Uh, So And those are probably Those two In addition to probably for me just because are places I've been. In addition to Houston, would be the three big places in the United States that I would look at going to get warm. Yeah. Would be would be those those three, or places in the areas of those three. And, and Lincoln, the airport already goes to Houston with another service, so they're not going to add that one. But they did add those two, um, and they'll be part of it, so... Phoenix
2: makes a lot of sense. You got a lot of Nebraskans, I think, that go back and forth to Arizona on occasion for whatever reason, right? Just to get uh, to your point, to get out of the winter weather. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've never considered Tampa, but I suppose that's a Florida destination that gets so you close to a beach. And we went
1: to—I mean, you uh, might want to—you might have to drive a little bit—but we went to Clearwater, like okay. Clearwater yeah, Beach, out yeah. of there, which is a bit—you know—there's a lot of beaches there, very touristy, um, fairly warm, not quite as warm as Phoenix is going to be. But pretty no. warm. No. But yeah. but you if, you also... wanna, if you want to go someplace straight up that's warm, Phoenix is the the place to go in January and February. Not the place to go in July, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you want record-breaking temperatures but over and over again. That Phoenix flight? Do you know how many... That Phoenix flight is going to be... That is going to be well used, I think.
2: Uh, I think... Yeah, I, I think that any of those warm destination flights are going to be super popular. And, and opportunities... I mean... We have looked at it. It has not worked in terms of booking something. But the price alone, Jack, if you can swing it for four or five days, right, to go down, come back, spend a weekend, go see somewhere that you've never been before, grab mm-hmm. a hotel room for on the cheap, you can do a pretty cheap family vacation um, and do something really cool. So Yeah. I think uh, it's a cool thing the Lincoln Airport's doing.
1: Uh, and, um, and by the way, they will go on Mondays and Fridays. So Tampa and Phoenix will go on Mondays and Fridays. Las Vegas and Orlando in the winter will go on Thursdays and Sundays. So, yeah. you could either do like a really short weekend type thing, or you could, you know, if you've got a a full week break, you could go Monday to Friday, for instance, or or you could or fly back from like Las that.
2: go to Vegas from Thursday to Sunday and then hop on the flight on Monday and head down to Tampa for a week.
1: Yeah, go. if you're really and apparently they got one more <laughs> one more announcement that they say is a jaw jaw dropping destination. Now I don't really even know what a jaw dropping destination. Yeah for me would be it unless it's like moscow but i don't think that'll probably it turning lincoln into an international airport Cancun, so, i don't like i've got okay i've got to get i don't know if it's a, a winter one either but places that are not they're not going to yet that they could washington dc uh new york city uh san diego or los angeles California. They don't, they don't have anything in California. Anything in California. I mean, San Diego, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco.
2: I mean, New York at Christmas would be New pretty York, cool. New York would
1: be another. So I think mean, New York, Washington. It's got to be one of those. New York, D.C., San Diego, Los Angeles. Unless, uh, it's got to be one of those four. Well, there's no unless, other one. There's no other place you
2: could be. Not in The. Without Hawaii. going international, Hawaii. Hawaii,
1: but nah, you. Yeah, that's a, if I'm going. If they're sending me an email and offering me a flight to Hawaii for eighteen bucks. <laughs>
2: Seven hours on an airplane from Lincoln. I wonder how long it takes yep. to get to well, Hawaii. Well, I'm just replying to the email, except <laughs> every Nebraskan has a vacation home in Hawaii <laughs> using uh,
1: said, And I, you could say something <laughs> like Miami, but they already have Orlando and Tampa, and I think they were kind of staying away from hurricane season, too. You've, you've um,
2: the map, as you look at that map, it has hit a lot of southern destinations. California is missing, right? Yeah. California, Something in California period is missing. On the said, are
1: they going to be able to keep this going? I mean, they said the, the the in the in the press conference and the things that were said yesterday. They've had they talked about had we had a massive month. We're starting to see our name get out there. People are getting familiar with the product. There's been a strong response to it. Was the uh, comment yesterday from Redway? So,
2: it's a it is a big move. It's a game changer for Lincoln in terms of being able to get there. The real question, yeah, to Jack is like, is the is the four day five day touristy type approach? Is it sustainable? Like, are right. business travelers able to use this? Maybe a full week in a different city. Maybe that yeah. works for a business traveler, but you, you just... You know,
1: the other things to note, they are pausing during the winter. Austin, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Dallas, Nashville. So they're going to pause those on November 29th for the winter it's season. Like so they Christmas bring in Nashville in. ain't so, happening. So, no. they keep, so they keep Orlando, Vegas, and then they add Tampa, Phoenix as Interesting. well. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, fine by me. Number three. All right, number three on the list. Yesterday, Twitter was ablaze and may not be for the reason that you expect it was uh, when it comes to Husker sports. A tweet by former Husker volleyball player Lawrence Diverance had a picture of of current Nebraska volleyball player standing outside a breakfast buffet that looks in the University of Nebraska athletic facilities and she said training table is closed and only football is allowed to eat breakfast here make it make sense and then hashtag title 9 hashtag women rights hashtag losing record and then tagged Husker Nutrition, John Cook, Trev Alberts, Husker Volleyball, Huskers and Husker Football the tweet was deleted about an hour and a half later after it was getting a lot a lot a lot of attention University never said anything about this. Nothing from the athletic department, nothing from Trav, nothing from Cook, nothing from Rule. Nobody said anything about it. There was some reporting. I saw Lauren Michelson said she had heard from a university source that essentially training table was being worked on uh, as it is often regularly before the beginning of the school year. They were doing some upgrades. And so the teams themselves, if they wanted meals, catered them in. Football did it and the volleyball players were looking at that football meal at the time. So it doesn't sound like kind of a systemic sort of situation here. Um, Cook, uh, and then Stiverns was getting, you know, Stiverns was getting some support. By the way, you had politicians who were were making a a deal out of this. It Uh, was a
2: fast and furious three or four hours for Nebraska athletics on Twitter. I mean, everybody from Larry the Cable Guy giving their take. Uh which again, this is probably one where uh, guys if you have not commented on it, just maybe sit it out yeah. like
1: let's just uh, let's just let this Jane one club had a lot to say, had stuff to say I mean, I mean
2: obviously there's a lot of like hey a lot to learn here in terms of writing the tweet and deleting it or not necessarily taking yeah. the shot you think you're going to take yeah. um, until you know the facts. It's also, I mean, we've got some reports on it, but until the athletic department makes a statement, or maybe they won't, like, I, I don't know that we're going to get the full that's story the thing. here.
1: I said after it came out, I said, uh, they've got, they're going to say something. They've got to say something. I don't know that they're going to. They're not, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not going to if they haven't at yet. At the end of the
2: day, this is one of those things that should not have been a thing, but has to... We have to probably have some sort of closure on it because you it turned into and I was seeing multiple tweets yesterday fact checking the hashtag check record check or whatever it is right hashtag losing record losing record like what are we yeah. that that kind of stuff here's the thing is it it opens whether or not you want to some sort of absolutely unnecessary vibe like oh yeah divide it's, between two programs right. that just don't we don't need that. Yeah. We just don't need that. I mean, there. And, and you look at the comments and the takes that you saw from the, the lay folks that were chiming oh, in God. here, there's a lot of comments about who's getting paid what in nil and how yeah. you're using your money and who's getting whose food. There was no part of like. Who this can I cook line. their own food and can't. And it, it probably tarnishes a little bit of some of this, like, where the direction the athletic program was going. Maybe yeah. they can get past it. It's just a bad, bad, bad situation was, all around. Yeah, it
1: was a. Yes, it was a. Tweet that shouldn't have been sent, and then a lot of other people sent some tweets that shouldn't have been sent. I think that's probably a fair way to assess it. Number two, with student scores in math and reading have dropped significantly last year in the wake of COVID nineteen. The personal finance website Wallet Hub released yesterday its report on twenty twenty three states with the best and worst school systems. Good news, Nebraska! You are in the top seven. Nebraska is seventh on this list behind maryland connecticut new jersey wisconsin virginia and new hampshire uh, doing very well in both quality and safety rankings doing especially well in percentage of licensed certified public k-12 through teachers number one in the nation in existence of a digital learning plan fourth in the nation in math test scores fifth in the nation in median SAT score, although I don't know that many people take the SAT here anymore, but nonetheless, not a ton. I think all,
2: you know every student takes the ACT now,
1: right? So. Yeah, they're 29th in median ACT score. So, um, you know, uh, all the, all the discussion Tim about schools right now and what's happening in Nebraska schools and funding of Nebraska schools and everything. At least according to this source, uh, things are going pretty well in the public school system as compared to what some other states are experiencing. Number one. And we'll finish it off. You ready to pay with your palm? It seems like all the payment systems are changing quickly. You can tap your card on the machine. You can use your phone to pay. Well, now you're going to be able to pay with your palm. Amazon is doing this. They're starting it out at Whole Foods, and basically what happens is that Whole Foods employees are gonna uh, will have their discounts automatically implied uh, if they register? Amazon says your palm print will not be shared with third parties unless a legally valid and binding order is given. You have to store your print with Amazon. They'll use its AWS cloud, uh, which has been trusted by governments and healthcare facilities and those sorts of things. But you hand your palm print over, and you're going to be able to go to the credit card machine and or whatever they have a palm reader. <laughs> Maybe it tells you your fortune too. When you're buying your food, and that's it. You ready for Palm Paying?
2: I mean, we give these companies every other piece of our information. We might as well give them our fingerprints, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big adopter of the tap to pay stuff, right? I don't carry a wallet anymore. I carry my phone with like a couple of cards on it. It's been a huge, huge lifesaver for me. I just need everybody to have that, right? Yeah, like, yes.
1: Yeah, number get one. Ri- get rid of the cards it's entirely. It's time to get rid of physical cards entirely. And, yeah. and I'm talking to you, DMV. It is is time. (laughs) It is time to get rid of the car driver's license. Because that's the one thing I've got to have my wallet If
2: I could get the driver's license on the phone, I would. There's some states that do it. There's a couple of states that allow it. Yeah, you can uh, maybe Arizona or something like that. And then maybe somebody else has it attached to the Apple wallet.
1: It's time. That's it for your Morning Drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN the Huskers,
0: home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I
2: will now connect you to the live stream.
0: You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, it is 7.59, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour. Tim and I have more for you a little bit later. John Baylor is going to join us, the voice of Nebraska. Well, I don't don't know if he's ready to weigh in on the tweet or not, but uh, we'll see. Maybe he can give us a little bit more insight into that as well. And a reminder, request line Friday coming up in just a few days. We're trying something here. We'll see. We wanted to go back to a theme. And I thought if we are going to be with heat indexes uh, around 110 on Friday, it is time to cool us down. A little audio air conditioning, songs that cool you down. Please know Christmas songs. That's not what I had in mind, but I am leaving it up to you. So I'm allowing
3: you that room. So we'll see what we get. It's 8 o'clock on and Lincoln. From the Momo people.
4: Terms apply.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3
1: KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back. 810 76 degrees in the capital city. Dew point check, 71. All right. So it's gonna continue to uh go up today. I don't think that rain is gonna get us. I think it's gonna be to the north of us. So I don't know if you were cheering for it or not, but thought maybe we might get eh. eh. Ah, there's a little bit of a new a bit of a new small system developing just to the northwest of Grand Island. If that thing keeps going south, we might get, you know, the typical .03 inches uh that we like to get here in Lincoln every once in a while. But I don't think it's gonna be anything real significant. So Anyway, hot weather coming. Hey, one thing, uh, Tim, who's in today with me, uh, one thing that we have not yet talked about, which we did get into, obviously, um, uh, yesterday on the yeah. show pretty significantly, um, but is is uh, the changes in the Lincoln Police Department and updates yesterday. And the update yesterday was that uh, the acting chief... Uh, Mishan Morrow talked to the press and uh, at the at the briefing, which we we kind of thought might might happen. Um, we had some of our people there, uh, but Tim and I have also been you know taking a look at the the newspaper account of this by Andrew Wegley, uh, which. Which is, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, this,
2: this story, I mean, yeah, this is some, I think the description I used is some very ripe reporting. Here. So, yes. So,
1: yeah, so she, she, the, the, the way that this, this piece, you know, listen, I'm, 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 I'm just passing along, but right away, this piece talked about how, um, acting chief Michonne Morrow talked about how this isn't an eye world. This is, these are direct quotes from her. This isn't an eye world. I understand in our apartment, everything we do, we do as a team. I frequently like to say that law enforcement is a team support. Um, then she also, uh, said a little bit later in this, um, uh, talked about, That she will be, she and the department command staff will be evaluating decisions that we've made and understanding the impact those decisions have had. Now, in the reporting, Andrew said that she was referring in part to UN's decision to reduce LPD's daily media briefings to the three days per week schedule. I assume what he means there is that was in response to a question about that, most likely.
2: Uh, It it seems possible. It also seems pretty obvious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right right just based
1: on timing but but talked about uh, and and the Wegley article talked a lot about how she said if there are changes it's going to be made with the entire leadership team uh but she also wanted to make clear that she wasn't casting the former chief in a negative light she also said I want to make sure that all of our communications are open and not siloed within any area of our department i'm not suggesting that it has been just that this is the way i approach leadership that we want to be working together. Um, we I, did, here's what An, here's what Andrew said. He said, though she was careful not to deride Ewan's, whose name she didn't say, amid her brief comments to reporters Monday. Her emphasis on collaboration was itself a break from how Ewens publicly presented her own leadership style. And then Wegley went on to say... The
2: hottest paragraph in the entire piece.
1: He says, has had recently framed several department policies, including LPD's procedure for the release of body cam footage, identification of officers involved in shootings, as decisions that came down to her own discretion, and even her public statement on her resignations. Ewan's referred to the department's employees as, quote, my officers, end quote. Um, And so, (laughs) I mean, the piece is drawing... A, uh, I mean, drawing a clear distinction in terms of the tone yesterday and the tone prior to that under under Ewan's, I don't know. I mean, it's hard without being there and without knowing more. I don't know how much that was intended uh, by the new acting chief. I think people can draw their own conclusions from that, but the way it was presented in this piece made it look like it was kind of a, a nod and a wink to, uh, to all if it, of this If things. it wasn't
2: incredibly obvious there, the, the article here, and, and that's where, like, I and I don't know the reporter at all, but there's a very clear juxtaposition of <laughs> leadership before and then also kind of a peek into maybe some of the things that we talked about and speculated about a little bit yesterday when discussing this, right? It all It all came about pretty quickly in the wake of, the decision to cancel the media stuff um, very clearly then being a unilateral decision, sort of from the top down, which does not appear to be the way that some of the lower level at leadership at LPD wanted to see it. Definitely not, you know, the current acting uh, chief here in her comments is suggesting. Well, she that's didn't not... say that. I, I mean, but, yeah, I mean,
1: she didn't say. Okay, well, let me.
2: Ask so you we're going to focus How... all of our comments on a team approach right and then the the
1: reporter well, I just that happens that have applied to, take to lots the focus of things
2: on unilateral decisions without having input from others
1: well if i had to guess i i think there probably were lots of those perhaps that rankled some people within the department now maybe the last one was i, I honestly i mean i can tell you i don't really know what what, I, what people thought about what what lpd the rank and file lpd thought about the media briefings they may not have cared about that i don't i honestly don't know or they may have. But let me ask you this. How soon do you think they're back to five days a week? And are they back to five days a week? For briefings? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, I bet they get how, back there.
1: How quickly do they reverse that? Next week? We'll see.
2: <laughs> I kind of agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I... I kind of agree, but... Next week at the
1: latest? <laughs> if not... If not today? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, again, it's... I, I don't know if... if if this piece was written with more knowledge from the <laughs> well, inside I, I assume that Let this person see. has that this this reporter has some sources probably but but what's happening kind of in this piece is a picture is being painted of a hey we don't really want to say it but this is going to be really different there's
2: definitely a picture being painted here and that's where i'll say too like uh, read the read the rest of, like two pair you go two paragraphs down and it, there's quotes directly from uh leaving statement, right? So there's the quote here where the and even in her public statement on her resignation, Ewans referred to the department's employees as quote, my officers. But you go read that actual sentence And the quote from the thing is, quote, and it is you, my colleagues, my officers, my friends who have done the heavy lifting. So there's some context there that's pulled out to highlight my officers. Right. That, that is not attributed to any source necessarily. So is, If there's a reporter here that's picking out the my officers thing and saying, like, well, and look, she even said it that way. That sounds
1: worse in the story than it does in the context. It it
2: reads to me as if someone highlighted the, oh, and she referred to us as her officers. Yes. And and that, that reads to me like you've got somebody on background who's highlighting that piece. The reporter then states it out and then gives the full context, which I don't think is as... Vitriolic, but it clearly points to, and that's where I say this entire piece is painting a picture of some sort of top-down leadership or top-down approach that was not necessarily appreciated Which, by the lower level, by the by the lines, the front-line workers. And if know, that's the case, officers. it
1: doesn't surprise me at all. No, it doesn't no, no, surprise no, no. me one just, iota if that's what had happened, and this reporter <laughs> had heard from from cop after cop after cop. If that happened, exactly, basically that, exactly. and so wrote the article with that background Now, It would be unsurprising to me, but it also should be clear that I mean that that isn't necessarily. I mean, even in fairness, even in fairness to to acting chief Morrow, she she may have said those things but
2: like <laughs> well to be she did not point out she did not point out the the reference to or it's not attributed to her i guess um it's more of like look this is how i'm doing it's it it's interpreting <laughs> a lot again, of what not to say that it was bad before but moving
1: <laughs> forward we're going to have a team approach yeah there's... there's like clear. in the end i think i think I think, the, I think the interpretation is probably right that's my guess based on what i know but you come away from that article thinking that there was more directly being said than actually was. Does yeah. that is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. And, <laughs> you know, and, and and that's not even necessarily, frankly, a critique. I mean, that's not necessarily a complete critique of of the reporter here, because the reporters obviously know stuff and is and is trying to to express that expressed the stuff that that he knows. And to be this. clear,
2: we're really trying to read between the lines and put some context to a story that's a story that broke very unexpectedly, very quickly with like little I mean, how, unless you were talking to officers or behind the scenes, not a lot of like I don't know, foreshadowing for this. Like it it wasn't like there was huge controversy after huge controversy and something going on. Well, there
1: was here, foreshadowing but- in that there were I think a lot of us knew that there were a lot of 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 the rank and file who were unhappy. Yes. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us yeah. knew that. Yes. Um but that something was going to be done about like why now I guess is the question. Exactly. That's right? what I'm it, saying. Was, like, it, came, it was it came, this it came to was a head not when recent. you cut the
2: media out of the room, right? When you say we're not going to talk. Or was to the that the media just
1: coincidental then... timing? No. Ugh. Or is there something else that we don't know about? By the way, the mayor was was asked uh there was a it was a news conference about what the lead center collaborating with libraries, and she was asked about it there. Her quote was, "This is a personnel." Uh, th- this was a question about why she uh, about about whether she asked Ewans to resign. She said, "This is a personnel matter, and I don't have more details to share at this time about that." Which is unsurprising that that she wasn't going to break that news. At a lead center library news conference, right. and overshadow that whole thing. But do we hear more officially ever? Pro- probably not. I, I guess don't.
2: Not. I don't know that you're going to hear a lot more until you hear more about whether there's going to be a national search or a search again, or whether you're going to kind of let the interim hold for a little bit and see where it goes. I mean, one other one other thing, and the the piece kind of touches on it near the end, Jack. But we and we talked about it yesterday, but. Sort of the, the relationship between the department, the mayor, and the police union, too, right? So right. we talked about kind of the campaign politics of this whole thing, um, and I think the Journal Star piece does a really good job of highlighting some of that, but the the interim, or the, you know, Morrow was asked about that and, and met has met with the union and um, is starting that conversation now which heck when you when you've got a union that endorses the opponent of the incumbent mayor um you have a lot of questions about leadership whether it's from the mayor themselves or the person they pick to lead the force and and I and I think that's an important step and an interesting one too to see how that relationship unfurls
1: yeah and and, and there's a question about right is this something that had built for a long time and it's a culmination of things um and if it was a you know a joint decision a decision on one side not the other we don't know those really i mean it, it was described as a resignation but the fact of the matter is tim right the election was 2 months and change ago this could not have been done for political reasons barring something just completely com- you know completely inappropriate happening this could not have been done prior to the election right she can't go in Right, well, that's, she could, a,
2: that's an interesting She could not question.
1: have gone in for, I mean, right, for political reasons. There's no way you can go in and fire a police chief at that point when well, you're going into you're this election heavy, and, heavy and, and basically the leave, yeah. leave the argument open that, you know, leave the argument open that essentially you made the wrong hire uh, in a very important hire for the city.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you, well, you don't make any big changes during a heated election no. like that. You no, don't no, make no. any big announcements unless you absolutely have no
1: choice, so. Yeah. It d- um, does make you wonder how, you know, if this was something, if it's something that was just on that tipping point for a long time or not, or it was truly just a resignation, which I don't think, I don't think anybody believes at this point. So what's your over under on the announcement for the media return?
2: Is, is it next Monday? They're going to do it before then? Well, they have, how about the announcement Friday?
1: Announcement on I'll Friday say, to now, start it again if, on Monday. If, if, if they do it next week, that would be the time maybe that that they'll do it they do it on friday yeah, that's when news seems to break anyway friday at about 10 a.m right when i get off the air for the uh for the weekend <laughs> that's when this, that's when this whole thing yeah, happened
2: yeah yeah it was it was almost at 10 a.m
1: right it's like that's the show right. ends at nine and it's like all right let's start the news right especially on fridays let's get all kinds of stuff that'd be great to talk about on the show starts coming out just after nine that is uh huh, that is interesting. That is interesting, but I I mean, I think again, like she she said the right thing, though, right? I mean, let's just be clear about that. Maro, Maro said absolutely. She said the right thing.
2: That's what anybody coming asked. Like you gotta you gotta say you gotta you gotta talk like you're right in the ship. You gotta You can't hang the last person out to dry, but you gotta make clear that there's gonna be a change in the approach and the leadership and attitude and all that. At
1: least on the record she did not say in their press remarks that Ewans used my officers in the press release that came from the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just for the. I mean, just for
2: the record, that is that is attributed. The the highlighting that fact is attributed to the reporter, but there's no way that happens without some background. Yeah.
1: Anymore. All right, eight twenty-five. We'll uh, take a break. I got sports coming up next on KLIN. From
0: Jack Mitchell in the morning to Dan Parsons in the afternoon. And of course, Huskers. 1499.3 KLIN is the voice of Lincoln.
3: Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4 e or Summit 4 e
0: Waking babies in the North Bottoms, and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor.
1: All right, welcome back. 835, 78 degrees in the capital city on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. And unfortunately, yesterday, uh, Nebraska Athletics... (laughs) I, don't know, I think we need to play some games pretty badly, but uh, Nebraska Athletics in the news because of uh, uh, tweets and responses to tweets and uh, a whole lot of things going on. And uh, John Baylor, who was part of none of it, uh, joins us right now. He just calls the games. Good morning, JB. How are you doing today?
6: <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out what life is going to be like now that it's no longer called a tweet. I think it's called an, an X message or That's something. That's true.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the actual act, I don't know what the actual verb is going to be, but yes. Uh, rebranding.
6: These journalists, like, you know, they get a really fancy undergraduate degree. They maybe go to Northwestern or Columbia, they get their graduate degree, and then they're told by their bosses, hey, cover this story. Twitter is changing its name to X. And while they're taking the subway to try to get to the decision makers and figure out what this is all about, or just to read the lame press release, they're going to be thinking to themselves, how did I get here in my life?
1: Yeah, yeah. What
6: coverage this not this is When we changed our name from John Baylor Prep to on to college, nobody cared. And, oh, I can't go to it without would say, oh, it's now called X. Well, I guess there were 25 other letters, and he went with that one.
1: Although you know, I'm still the guy who can't. I still call. Uh, I still have a hard time not calling that old uh, that old highway that runs through the south part of town. Highway two. It's not called that anymore. Uh, right. I have a hard time not talking about Lincoln General Hospital, which hasn't existed for years. Um, right, right,
6: but Zenith rather than LG.
1: <laughs> right, right. I when when my internet is working, I call Cablevision. Uh yeah. You know. <laughs>
6: It's like, I'll tell you a bunch of jerks, the table's not working. Give me the <laughs> all I tell guy I still call it the conte Everyone else
1: goes with salsa uh i still i I was at a I was at a Lincoln Staltog games uh, Lincoln saltogs game years ago at Haymarket Park when it was still relatively new and they had a they had an all tell sign in the in the outfield and uh the the outfielder was going back to try and make a catch at the wall and ended up being a home run and he runs into the wall in the all tell sign and falls over and the guy behind me just like sort of matter of factly said well that's the fact Fastest response anybody's ever got from Altel and I, about fellow. <laughs>
6: it was. we've been through that with Altel on a regular basis. Uh,
0: Thank
6: you. That was. Well, uh, it's uh, tough to change but apparently, uh, there's concern that the Husker volleyball team has not had access to food. Yes. So everyone's <laughs> minds to rest that everyone's concerns can now be eased. They have been eating well. Okay,
1: that's good. Do you? I mean there yes, there has been no there was this tweet was sent out and, and for those who don't know, former player Lauren Stevens, I don't even know if she's there. I don't know if she's in town. I don't I actually don't know any of that. Maybe you you do working out
6: she's coming off an injury, so she's probably working out yeah. with the team and, and uh was hungry. You know, who's not hungry? I've been hungry the morning she just goes over the training table and gets the food. And apparently, there's food out there, but it's just
1: for the doggone football team. Right. Actually, the training table was closed. I think it was closed, from what I understand, from hearing from other people. That's closed regularly uh, this time of year. Is they're kind of getting ready, amping up for the season. And so, I don't know. Evidently, evidently, JB, the the teams kind of cater in some own their own food if they need it. Football team did it. It wasn't available to the volleyball team, from what I understand.
6: Do you know anything more than that? Uh, not a whole lot. I gotta tell you what I try to do is, uh, avoid the, uh, the den of outrage that is Twitter. You know, I, it's amazing. Uh, you, you can actually go through your day enjoying it. You just have to stay out of that dumb social media deal. But, um, I heard about it and, uh, I think now all is well.
1: Okay. All right. Nothing. <laughs> no. Nobody else said anything. The tweet was deleted about an hour and a half or so. After it was uh, lauren deleted it uh no, there was no statement no Cook didn't say anything Trev didn't say anything, rule didn't say anything. nobody said anything about it so uh evidently there isn't a significant problem here, maybe just a misunderstanding, I don't know,
6: and just to be make this official, i currently am not saying anything either,
1: yeah, but, I can tell
6: uh, <laughs> <laughs> i uh, I think uh was a this communication that apparently training table was closed for that week. Um, and so then the football team made its own arrangements, and then the volleyball team didn't realize, and they thought the food was for everybody, and then apparently they were told, no, nope, just for the football guys. And I think now all is, again, I mean, all is returned to normal, and games and practice begin soon, and everyone has all the food I think they need.
1: Okay. Is the, uh, I, 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 just more general, not specifically with, with this with this situation, but, um, uh, I, I, I assume, I hope, I don't know. I assume, I hope that, uh, volleyball team just kind of given, given their, their situation, their success, their importance to the university, uh, generally is, generally is, is, is treated, treated well, I hope, um, and, and treated like an important part of the athletic department.
6: Uh, yeah, let's, you know, we get nice, uh, travel accommodations. We always have, and the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the yeah, We get to use Memorial Stadium when we want to use it to go play games, and um, you know, this twenty million dollars was spent to renovate Savani Center back in two thousand and eleven and twelve, so the team could move out there. Yeah, the the volleyball team has been the beneficiary of a lot of investment. But to, to be serious here, what what I think triggered a lot of interest is is uh, that this on the face looked a little bit like that famous tweet of a couple of years ago when a woman who was at the uh, playing for a team. At the women's basketball final four, I believe it was in San Antonio, uh, <laughs> uh, posted a photo of how they had a couple dumbbells. But then at the men's final four, they had like a full weight room right. all set up for the men's team. Well, that photograph, that juxtaposition between the accommodations and the weight room accommodations for the women at the final four versus the men, has just is a, is a comparison that just keeps on giving, and it really has triggered. Uh, True focus on why don't women's sports in, you know, 50 years in Title IX get the same kind of investment that that men's sports do. And historically, I think there are lots of reasons, but one is that, well, the fan bases aren't quite as large. The revenue isn't quite as great. Well, if you don't invest in it as much, you know, how will you ever know? Mm -hmm. And what we have seen is, you know, Caitlin Clark and I will get 10 million viewers for the Final Four uh for women's basketball and uh volleyball we've had two million but we've never been on network tv and that's going to happen this december i anticipate at least three million are going to watch that we're going up against the nfl on a sunday in late december but um look there women's soccer is uh, a global phenomenon mm-hmm. um look uh, if you invest in something that's a great product you're going to be a lot of fans now, will there ever be an equivalent of the NFL in, in women's sports? But there, probably not. But there's, there's, there's no equivalent in, in men's professional sports to the NFL, except for maybe soccer or Formula One, basically. So uh, it's just it, it, uh, on the face of it, people are understandably sensible, sensitized to any appearance of women not getting the same investment that, that men have enjoyed uh, for decades. Well, right. But, and- a I've got
1: no doubt that it, ha- yeah. I've got no doubt that it happens. And and the, the the bummer of the whole thing is that when it's you know when when it is just something more something that's a lot more uh, benign than than that, yeah. or uh, it and it's identified as that that sort of waters down when it really happens.
6: Yeah, let me clear. Like the women's basketball final Four, 10 million fans. I mean, that's five times a college a normal college football year. Right. All right. Let's let's make that clear. I mean, it was Final Four. It was women's basketball. They got five times a normal network, uh, college football game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, there is clearly a uh, appetite for you know elite women's sports since long established, and you know women are tired you know of of not getting the investment historically that men have gotten, and and that's changing, and that's changing for the better. So, yeah. if this
1: was just a miscommunication. I, I, I speaking, okay, moving more on to the, the sort of, you know, the growth, those sorts of things. It was interesting. John Cook had some comments this week. He said, hey, they're looking at a a deal in 2024 um, that would be a, a, basically, it sounds like a, a tournament here in Lincoln that would probably be held, according to him, at Pinnacle Bank Arena and maybe televised on on Fox. Uh, if if that is truly something that could materialize, where you're getting on, I, I assume he means Big Fox for this thing—a tournament in Lincoln. What kind of a jump? I mean, what kind of a jump is that for just the availability of those kinds of of slots and events on television? Wise,
6: uh, volleyball being on network television—that's pretty unusual, and during the regular season, extremely uh, unusual. And I remember way back in the late. Uh, 2010, so 2017, 2018, the Big Ten established that women's volleyball had the third most viewers uh, of, of any sport in the, in the conference. So the Big Ten network was tracking viewership. You had football, of course, number one, men's basketball, number two. And right behind men's basketball was women's volleyball. And at the time, it was a bit of a surprise. And so we go from that where you've got Big Ten network executives surprised. At women's volleyball viewership numbers Okay, here we're now five years later and the coach in nebraska is talking about putting together a made for television a made for network television It's probably going to be a one of the sports networks box it's probably not like the big channel but mm-hmm. what it remains to be uh you know probably a, a group of four teams that comes in for a, a made for tv tournament so tv wants to be a part of volleyball now there, there are some drawbacks that volleyball faces, and that is you never know how long the match is going to be. Whereas with softball, you do. With basketball, you do. So that's a drawback. But otherwise, I mean, volleyball's got everything that uh, uh, a television viewer would want with you know, all the action and the drama and athleticism. So it, it's finally getting its attention. And, and if you look back historically and you wonder, okay, what's taken so long? Well, part of it is that all these, uh, the NCAA effectively chose women's basketball. Mm-hmm. as uh the women's sports they're gonna invest in. And there there are a lot of reasons for that, I think. And one is that Title Nine has often been interpreted to be a you know, you have to have treat eat, um comparable sports equally. Well volleyball doesn't have any comparable right. sports. Well women's basketball does. Secondly, most of the leaders of the NCAA at the time for the last you know, multiple decades were men. Well they understood the game of basketball. They didn't really understand the game of volleyball. So I think there are a lot of reasons, plus you know, the issue of time. Like you go four or five sets. Uh, you know this thing's going to go longer than anticipated. So, yeah, um, we put it together. Basketball, women's basketball, got a ton of investment and attention. I mean, real money that volleyball never saw. They had this huge advantage, and now volleyball is is catching up. And we're going to find out, you know, just what kind of national and you know you know continental. Appetite there is for volleyball viewership because network TV is showing
1: interest. Yeah, and uh, Brett Wagner, by the way, who he did the Q and A with with uh, John Cook, where, where he had that little nugget about the tournament they're looking at next year. He he had the numbers too. Uh, just to give you an idea: if you go on ABC, you're in 123 million homes as opposed to ESPN two where the final match has been in the past, that's about 72 million homes. So it's not quite twice, but almost twice as many people have access. I mean, it still makes a, I know a, most most of us, a lot of us are, you know, have cable, watch these sorts of things, but boy, it's still, still a lot, a lot, a lot of households in the United States still rely on the broadcast channels um, and, and don't have those cable channels.
6: More and more every day. People are cord cutting.
1: Yep. People are yeah, that's true. Bills. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it may be. It may not be that they don't. You know, it may not just be a lack of resources. It may be a situation where they have the antenna up. They got Netflix, right? They got Amazon Prime, and that's all they're doing, right? They're 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 just watching the streaming stuff. So
6: paying for Lifetime, or and the next time I watch a Lifetime movie is the first. <laughs> that's true. And I'm paying for all these deals. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Whenever I, uh, I accidentally get on one. They're trying to steal me pots and pans.
1: <laughs> uh Jeez. Hey, I got this just came out switching over to, to uh football, uh which was second in the discussion here, just for the record. Uh Big Ten, Big Ten media has voted on the preseason poll. It has just been released within the hour. Nebraska fifth in the West. Your West predicted order of finish by the media. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm like, I'm being...
6: Look, I like being the hunter, not the hunted.
1: Yeah, number one Wisconsin, number two Iowa, number three Minnesota, number four Illinois, number five Nebraska, number six Purdue, number seven Northwestern.
6: Your reaction? uh, My reaction is that I hope that uh, this year Northwestern will have no football players forced to be hazed while naked. Uh, So that would be helpful. Uh, Number two is hey. Low expectations are helpful. Uh, and no one's, no one's. You know, sometimes we have a little unearned bravado in years past. You know, <laughs> So this time is true. You know, genuinely, they you know, look at each other and practice and say, "Look, no one thinks much of us. Let's go prove them wrong." Yeah, I, in the past, You know, that's who we are. You know, people overlook us, right? They, yeah. they, uh, they, underestimate us. And look, for what a decade, you know, the two men who, who ruled late night. We're from the state of Nebraska. Dick Cabot from Lincoln High, and Johnny Carson from Norfolk High School. I mean, don't overlook people from this state. Don't overlook our our athletic teams. So, uh, uh, let's pleasantly surprise ourselves and and these uh, naysayers.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, by the way, you mentioned the the Northwestern thing. God, that keeps. I mean, it's it's another lawsuit every day now. Um, what
6: latest but, on that?
1: Well, that we we've got. Well, I mean, a volleyball player is now sued. Um, so. She, she is uh, saying, and she's staying anonymous, uh, this is the first female athlete that came forward, but she filed a suit on Monday naming Northwestern, the president, the former president, the board of trustees, blah, 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 all, all kinds of these, including the head volleyball coach. She says she sustained an unspecified injury in March 2021 while running suicides, a conditioning exercise that involves sprinting different lengths across the court as a form of punishment for allegedly breaking the team's COVID-19 guidelines. The captains were allowed to choose the punishment. This is, I mean, that's a different thing. That's a different, I mean, I, we can debate that on its own merits, but that sounds like a little bit of a different thing than is alleged in the
6: football. When middle school basketball, if I could have filed suit for every suicide I had to run, I never would have been out of the courtroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
6: I mean, we we all the doggone time. Yeah. At some point you gotta decide, okay, what's a reasonable expectation of a college athlete who's getting a free education plus nil and what is you know abuse right Emotion, otherwise, and I don't know all the details yeah just for if <laughs> if my daughter wants to go to Northwestern, she's got about a seven percent chance uh, and if she gets in, oh well, we have the uh, privilege of paying eighty five thousand dollars a year, okay. Whereas a kid who gets to play on the volleyball team not only goes for free, gets all of this gear, probably gets some NIL stuff, gets $6,000 a year. On top of that, I mean, this is, I mean, if you're going to file a lawsuit, it better be real because, mm-hmm. come on, uh, you've got a pretty privileged gig.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's hard. It's really hard to comment without knowing the details, but that's just the initial media, media reports. Yeah.
6: Sorry. This is all you know. Right now, is we're 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 speculating. We don't know what's going on, but it's one thing to go to like Middle Tennessee State and be ticked off. It's another to like go to Northwestern. I mean, come on, right? This is, this is I mean, there are like twenty schools in the country at most that reject more than ninety percent of their applicants off the street. Here's what I you, still, oh, oh, here, yeah. John.
1: Here's what I still can't believe, though. The, the president, the, the, the president here, uh, Shill is his name, um, yep. who's, you know, <laughs> I, I, Ivy, a lawyer, Ivy League trained, all of these things. He's issued written statements. He's not yet stood up and, and publicly, you know, in person addressed this, taking questions, anything. Yet Big Ten Media Day starts for football starts the day after tomorrow, starts tomorrow, actually. And they're going to bring their interim head coach up to be the first person that I'm aware of in the whole university system to actually face the media's questions. And it's going to be this interim coach who got there in January as a defensive coordinator. Um, he can
6: talk. He's at North Dakota State. Let me let me tell you what life was like back in Fargo.
1: I mean, was- how
6: is this president?
1: How is this president not having? I I can't believe some of that stuff.
6: Look, everyone has a uh, x account everyone has social media so everyone is now their own journalist and uh they they have an audience and the president of stanford just resigned the president of texas just resigned uh clearly this gentleman from northwestern although he hasn't been there very long and maybe that's why He's, he's he's in a precarious spot this is a tough job you got so many constituencies and and look we're in an era of outrage Right, I mean, if you haven't been ticked off in the last 24 hours, you haven't been watching Fox. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got to get ticked. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I got guys. Or reading guys, Twitter, yeah. If they could, if it were legal, they'd be, you know, they'd be like jam- ramming right in my backside because I'm like coasting into red lights. I mean, people are angry. I had a woman driving was it, a month ago. And she's flipping me off. I'm like, it's a middle-aged woman. Give yeah. me the finger for driving it. I'm a good driver. Don't eat anyone's dirt. Now, I've got a conflict of interest when I say this, but don't even start. I'm gonna stop. My point is that everyone is ticked these days. I mean, every you know, gas prices go up. Everyone's angry, and they blame the White House. It's like, the White House doesn't have much impact on the price of gasoline, but everyone needs to find a scapegoat, right? Everyone's got to be angry. And then, of course, now gas prices have come down. No one, no one credits the White House because the White House doesn't have much to do with it. Um, so it's it's folks. I mean, dial it back. You know, enjoy the journey. Uh, look at the border. If you want to get a sense of how privileged we are, look at the Rio Grande. I mean, you got people giving up everything to have a, you know, uh, a chance at the American dream. Um, it's just sad. And I'm not blaming people too much. I'm blaming the media. I'm blaming all these pundits, profiteers who make money dividing us and weakening us and uh, trying to convince us we all hate each other. We don't we don't share a lot of uh, common principles and values and, and it's really sad. And it's changed in our life. It's changed in a generation. And we are vulnerable. We're vulnerable to all sorts of stuff right now, whether it's foreign invasion and internal enemies. And uh, that was never the case. You know, we used to do big things as a country and and now uh, it's a lot of me, me, me. And it's a lot of outrage. And when you whip people up, you know, for months and months and years and years and years, you know, at you, you some point you pay the piper, and uh, anyway, it's yeah. uh, it's a tough job, and it's tougher than ever, and, and in some cases, these folks deserve to have to step down, but uh, it's a lot different in the old days where, you know, presidents of universities would, would sit, you know, uh, in those positions for, you know, close to a decade.
1: Yeah, well... Um. Uh, that's a depressing way to end this whole thing, but we'll pick it up next week, hopefully with a little bit less depressing
6: you get, conversation. You've got to identify challenges to be, able to, to be able
1: to fix them. All right, JB, uh, good to talk to you. We'll uh, we'll catch up next week. Have a good one, all right? back can There you go. John Baylor, voice of Nebraska volleyball. It's '56 on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with
0: Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, welcome back. 78 degrees in the capital city. Just another check of that radar I mentioned before. Maybe a little bit of hope of some precipitation coming our way. that That system that's going through Grand Island right now. Uh, it 's kind of dissipating, but if it stays on its track, it might just get that little spritzing of rain that we 've we 've seen here over the course of maybe the next hour and a half or so. But I do want to make sure people are weather of the weather aware of the weather situation that heat advisory now goes until friday night that 's july twenty eighth it goes into that. And in terms of when it is going to be the hottest out there today, well, when it usually is, late afternoon heat index, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, 102, 103 range. So obviously, if you're going to be doing outdoor activity there at that point, get plenty of water. Be careful. You know the drill on that whole thing and stay cool. All right. We'll be back here tomorrow. Wednesday is uh, what chap shot Wednesday. Tim Ruza is going to join me again, scheduled to be joined by John Bishop as well so we will be busy with all of that and uh that's what's coming up don't forget to check out what chapter hide wednesday posts the facebook page if you don't like us yet facebook.com slash lmk today make sure and do that now it is nine o'clock on KLI and lincoln